and welcome all to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Taylor Reeves, alongside my other co-host, a.k.a. the Commissioner, Jacob Dupree. Jacob, how you doing this evening? Well, by the time this podcast is being listened to, I'm officially a year older, so that's kind of gross. One year closer to getting my AARP card, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to. Gracias, amigo. Um, As someone who is on this side of 28, um, I have a couple of recommendations for uh, (laughs) multi-min vitamins um, (laughs) that I didn't think I needed a few months ago, but I'm actually greatly appreciative of the fact that I'm not taking it. So uh, that and then also some face creams to uh, keep (laughs) the skin looking lively and make sure you drink plenty of water, which I know you do. Listen, the difference between us is I can go in the sun and I can like stay out there for more than four seconds without getting toasted, but... That's neither here nor there. Yeah, no, I just burn alive at the, the wedding this weekend. It was like, uh, I'm wearing sunscreen and they're like, um, it's 68. And I'm like, yeah, but do you see the sun? And sure enough, it didn't matter. I still, I still got burnt. Um, Seriously? Yeah. Well, I was, so I was, I was the best man and I was literally directly in the sunlight. Oof. We were all wearing sunglasses on our side. But if was, you're, and plus the elevation meant you were closer to the sun. So like, I can just imagine you being like the dude from bench warmers who's scared of the sun. Yeah. Sitting there no, with your this sword, is a real just... life situation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, keep your head down. Just try to try to keep pivoting, try to escape the sun. I did not, I did not win. It looked like you're hitting the angles for the photographer, but in reality, you're trying to get the even burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All righty. So let's get into the news. We haven't done that in a little bit. Um, a hot second. So yeah, this uh, came up last night. I freaked out. I was like, this cannot be true, but it seems like something the Cowboys would do. Jalen Smith was released by the Cowboys and it looks like it hasn't happened yet. Signing with the Packers. Was it official? Yeah. Okay. It's in process happening right now. I believe. I mean, I'll look it up real quick. Um, You know, he he is a very interesting story with the fact of, you know, he had that gruesome last game in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, he was with Notre Notre Dame versus Ohio State and tore up his knee, had nerve damage. He was selected in the second round and was a comeback player. You know, he was in the Pro Bowl a few years ago, and then he's kind of been in and out of favor of the defense. So, you know, the rumors are. You know, he's he's been falling out of favor of this defense. You know, they switched to linebackers. Obviously, they drafted Micah Parsons, who's been killing it. And uh, was it uh, Levert? No, it was a uh, was it Devonte Cox or some or Jabril Cox? Jabril? Jabril? Yeah, that's a person. Yeah, and um, I was thinking of the the lady from Orange Is Black, Laverne Cox. <laughs> I was thinking of I was just thinking of the the wrong person, and. Um, you know, he, I don't know, you know, the other rumor was is that they thought he was falling out of favor because he's got a guaranteed contract for next year and they're concerned about injuries. And so I'm like, yeah, but they're concerned about injuries. Then why did they draft him? This is what I don't understand. If they're, and I knew this was going to happen when they picked him up, I was talking to Jance about it. I'm like, they're going to pick him up. And the whole thing that they're going to cut him on is, well, we're concerned about injury. I'm like, then why did you freaking take the shot in the second round? <clears throat> on him when you also knew at that point there was also a very real chance he could never play football again yeah but you're still investing second round capital and by the way he did officially sign like he is a green bay packer now i, I think that's huge for them <clears throat> that that's huge for the packers in my opinion. i think it helps but i'm like eh. i mean it doesn't i mean far as like a win-loss column it doesn't move it in the direction of like <clears throat> uh excuse me 
a Khalil Mack, for instance, when he oh, left God the Raiders no. and God the no. Bears, not to that extent. But I think anytime you have linebacker depth, and I honestly don't know why why the Cowboys released him. Maybe there's some, you know, the the other rumor was is like, does he have attitude issues? Is it a scheme fit? And I'll post you. I'll post a picture on our Twitter on why he got cut. <clears throat> Just because it was funny, this, I saw this image of mm-hmm. the pass was coming from the left, coming to the right. Okay. And Jalen's on the right half of the field, but he's like 10 yards away and he's literally diving in the air to try to tap the ball, but he's legitimately 10 yards away. Oh my gosh. I'm like, this is why they're cutting you. You you can't jump that far, even though you have a bionic leg. He thought about it though. That's what matters. But he still failed. Right. (laughs) Still more athletic than I will ever be in my entire life. Same. All right. So the next topic we have is, so Stefan Gilmore was reported of being released by the New England Patriots, but it ended up being traded to the Carolina Panthers, which has been a, a very interesting uprising fantasy defense and just defense overall for a conditional six round pick in 2023. So Jacob, my question to you is, do you think this, this tips the meter? Do you think the Panthers now are, a, you know, a lock for the playoffs or, you know, do you feel like they're just pushing all in? Because I know J.C. Horn is out. And so, um, you know, getting Stefan Gilmore, who was a defensive player of the year, uh, caliber player a, a couple of years ago, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Panthers do now and how the dynamic changes overall. Well, he's still on the pup, so that means he's eligible to come back on week seven. And for me, I feel like if um, if J.C. Horn was still healthy, yes, I think this changes the defense. I think they're phenomenal because then you'd have two corners here stepping up because J.C. Horn was obvious. Like, he was making a name for himself. Then right. he had the unfortunate foot injury. But now that they signed him, I literally think this is just filling that role. So whatever expectations you had in the beginning of the year, I would just keep them on par with that. I wouldn't really change it up or down very much just because they're going to be playing a very similar type role. And I don't just don't think the signing of Stephon Gilmore, who was filling J.C. Horn's shoes, is going to make that defense any tremendously different. But if J.C. Horn was there, like I said, yeah, it transforms the defense. It gives more freedom. It gives more <clears throat> cover jobs. Excuse me. Got the allergies. Yep. Yep. Same. Okay. Right, I, let me let me blitz through a couple of offensive stuff right now and practices that happened as of Wednesday night. Uh, T. Higgins returned to practice, so he has a real shot to play on Sunday. I still think he's going to be – Probably the third, the third best option on that receiving court until he fully gets caught up back to speed. Julio didn't practice on Wednesday with that hammy. So keep monitoring that probably don't start him. Even if he plays TBH, because if you're the Titans, you're probably playing the jets or you're playing the jets. Why would you start Julio and AJ Brown? Because you're playing the jets. Because you should have won last week. Wait, no, they played the jets last week. Yeah. They're just going (laughs) to give it to Derrick Henry. Oh, they're playing Jacksonville. That's the difference. I mean, seriously, and for some odd reason, Urban Meyer is still a head coach. That's true. Uh, uh, who knows? He may be the new head coach of LSU yeah. in a couple of weeks if things keep going the way that they are. For AJ him and Edo, for that matter. <laughs> That's true. A.J. Brown did come back to practice. I think he's fine, and they're playing Jacksonville. It just dawned on me, so it's will be more competitive than we think, but I think Julio's probably not going to play. Amari Cooper, he didn't practice. Just keep watching these guys. Nothing crazy. But I think the biggest one is Joe Mixon. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but head coach Zach Taylor keeps kind of downplaying it. He's like, oh, it's more of a day-to-day than a week-to-week. So 
if you're a Joe Mixon manager, you might uh, pick up Samaj P. Ryan just in case it's 1130 before the game kicks off and it's Joe Mixon's a surprise inactive. And I'll be like, you put crap, your phone crap, down because that's crap. my job. He's my player. I have him in a different league. Well, okay, that's fine. That's fine. But I, I have him in the, I think it's the Empire League. <clears throat> but yeah, that's yeah, kind of the blitz. Take note of that. I'm pretty sure Samaj is already on my team in Empire, by the way. <laughs> You dirty sailor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Oh, wait. No, he's not. Dang it. It's the other I league. I can pick him up. <laughs> not if I outbid you with my $34 remaining. I have $94 in the full arsenal of the United States federal government. You won't do it. You won't put more than $4 down on him. I dare you. How many dollars do you have? Uh, 32 <laughs> uh, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Eh, whatever it's fine all righty so moving into a new topic here uh commissioner um I'll, I'll let you uh speak to it why it's because i'm in this situation in the og league and it breaks my heart i'm i'm in this i'm in this position in the uh the money league so and yeah, and, and one of the one of the dynasty leagues but the oh, other sure. one i'm four and oh so I, I, I titled this bad boy my team sucks what now Basically, this is dynasty, more dynasty geared, but we can throw a little redraft uh, talk in there for a second. But if your team is one and three or you're own four right now, like what is the thought process you should be kicking around in your head? What's kind of the next steps? Do you sell everyone and start over? Do you just kind of keep the course? Like what's the process? So Taylor, you have the first question listed out. So go for it while I drink some water. All righty. So commissioner in week five, beginning of October, um, do you think it's too soon to tank? All of it depends. <laughs> I think you just have to know the state of your roster. Like for instance, Define like I can push. That. What do you mean I, by the state of your roster? I can push myself under the bus here. Okay. So for instance, I am one in three in the OG league, but yet I have like the fourth highest, the fourth highest total point scored. So it's not like my team's just sucking other than last week when I had 53 points going into Monday night. If anyone would have done dang, I would have freaking won that game. But anyways, moving on to chlorophyll. But, you know, I have one of the higher points scored. I have one of the highest points scored against, which just means kind of gotten crap luck. Yeah, is what's happening with me. Yeah, I've been kind of hosed in the first few weeks. For instance, like I'm playing Casey's team this week. He's projected for 124. That's respectable, right? I'm projected for 144. Okay. <laughs> it's just, but at the same time, I'm one and three, and Casey's three and one. Casey's team has one of the least scored points against, and he's gone crazy with Tyreek Hill having some crazy points for. Yeah. But anyway, and Darren Waller, it's just like, exactly. But I look at man show. Yeah. But I look at my roster, you know, it's Justin Herbert, Dalvin Cook, Daryl Henderson, Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, Hawkinson, Hopkins, Eckler, and that's just my starters. And I'm sitting here, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I don't have a team that should continue this trend, but I have to have a number in my head on, okay, when is it time to start selling and re-gearing for next year? Mm-hmm. Me personally, it's one in six or one in seven. Because up until that point, I know with the lineup that I have any week, I could go off. But let's just say if you have an aging quarterback, like, you know, I'm just, I'm not saying Tom Brady's name just to say it. I'm just, it's just the first one that popped in my head. But if you have like, Tom Brady on your roster, your running backs are, I don't know, like we'll even say like Cordell Patterson and some other kind of running back two, three mix and your wide receivers Chris aren't that Carson. hot. 
yeah, you know, Chris Carson or, you know, your wide receivers are kind of older. They're not bad, but they're not great. Like, you know, we'll float up Julio. like Robert, like Julio and Robert Woods. Yeah. A few full of those guys. I think you kind of move towards trading them away for the highest draft picks you can or for yeah. young talent and mm-hmm. starting the rebuild now. Because I know you're always going to think of, well, I got to wait another week so they can have a big week or what if they go on a big run? Well, that's a lot of what ifs. And the probability of your win of your winning window mm-hmm. for an older roster is typically like you have a year, maybe two years before you have to just start from scratch and your players have no value because they've aged out. Right. Meanwhile, you flip to my roster. Like I have a decently young roster, but yet I also have some aging pieces like DeAndre Hopkins. I'll put Austin Eckler in there just because he is 26 and running back cliff is 26, 27. I have Dalvin cook. Like I have those guys, which I say those names. And right now you're like, Holy crap. Like, I would trade a first for that if I'm competing for a win or if I'm right. competing for a title, trade a couple first for a couple of guys. You just have to kind of k- take stock of your roster. So if you just had crap luck, keep going the course, have a number in your head when you're going to start selling. But if you have a, an older roster, that's kind of starting to age out. I really think you start flipping them for picks and for young players. And while you might suck this year, what you do is you have a higher draft pick. Then you draft a guy and you just kind of keep that process going. Right. So if you're one and three, you're own four, and you just had crap luck like your boy, don't freak out. Don't panic. Not, not yet. Keep the faith. But if you have an older roster, don't feel ashamed to start floating out trade offers, first round picks and just younger players. Um, what about like, you're just stubborn and prideful about it. And you're like, you know what? I may be, two and four, two and five. And you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to send my first round pick because this position has been a revolving door and Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, do you see that being a value going that route and trying to make a run at it? It, Once again, that depends on roster state. I personally would not like, for instance, I'm keeping a hold of my first round pick for next year, just because I don't know what's going to happen just yet. Like if I get to the trade deadline, which for us is I think week 13, something like that. And I have an injury at some point, but yet I'm competing and I'm, yeah. we'll just say I rip off like eight in a row, which is honestly like not pridefully, but just stating like with that roster that I just mentioned it's is possible. very possible. Yeah, I agree. When you get to that point and then you want to ship it out, go for it because the more you win, the worse your pick gets, the yeah. less you win, the better it gets. So it's kind of like you're playing with fire there. Yep. So that's why whenever you make the decision, okay, I'm going to start selling players. Don't go half-heartedly into it. Don't, dip one toe into the win. I'm going to win now and one toe into the win later, you have to just fully cannonball into one or the other. So that way you're not screwing yourself out and just staying mediocre for the next two or three years. Well, that's definitely something to keep an eye on here uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, So with the, the draft strategy on this, Mm -hmm. um, so if you if you do start out one and seven, do you just start collecting picks like crazy, just trying to maybe maybe pull a date and you're like, all right, I'm gonna try to figure out how to get the top five picks here. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what I was trying to do last year because I had the 103 and the 104, and I was just trying to collect as many top end picks as I could because I know that my roster is getting closer to aging out. And that's why I remember we talked about it both think on the on and off the podcast of yeah. I have the 104. I'm trying to trade it for a running back because I'm trying to win now. Right. And I eventually flipped that into Austin Eckler. And so 
I think if you are going to do that, you're trying to acquire those picks, but at the same time, it's kind of, there's kind of an art form to it because you're trying to sell a very good player to a team that you think is going to end up sucking basically or being middle of the pack. Because I would argue if your pick is the 102 and you have the 106 and the 108, that's a great draft. Plus, you could probably trade the 106 and the 108 for a higher pick if you really wanted to. Right. But, like, you know, you just kind of have to look up and down the league. Like, for instance, right now, I think Chris Furr's roster is one that you could target or Chaz's roster is one that you could target because they've kind of overperformed a little bit due to, you know, who they've played in the weeks and luck that's happened. But you look at the overall state of the roster and there's also a chance that it falls flat on their face, they're garbage. And so you might end up with a top half of the league first round pick. So that's why, you know, I personally think that you like for me, if I was going to sell everybody, I'd either have to have multiple firsts for a couple guys or you wait until draft season. I know that takes some patience and some just perseverance to not just do the deal now, or you wait till draft season get to the situation where, you know, all the hype around all the players are just through the roof and everybody's going to go off for a billion yards and 7,000 touchdowns and stuff like that. Then you trade them off the hype. Like for instance, if Jamar Chase this year just keeps going ham and is great, DeAndre Hopkins will not be on my roster for the next season because DeAndre Hopkins, while he is a great receiver, just coming through off through a couple of games of injury. Yes. I kind of, Freaked out last episode, but I was also emotional. Not ashamed to admit it. He's still probably a top six wide receiver in the league. Next year, he will be 30. He might have one or two years left. So I'd rather trade him and and get what I can versus hold, you know, be caught holding on to the bag and just have, you know, poured out and there'd be dust instead of gold coming out of it. Right. So I'm telling you right now, like if Jamar Chase finishes as a top 15 wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins is on the trade block. I'm trading him for a first round pick and some player that I want at the time. It'd be what it'd be. All righty. Well, thank you for the Q&A there, Commissioner. And we'll definitely keep an eye on it as the weeks continue on, as we continue on this beautiful journey known as fantasy football. Painful. It's kind of like riding bareback on a horse. It's beautiful and majestic. And then you hit a bump and you realize you weren't made for it. It was too soon. <laughs> too soon. All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go to a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this. Hello and welcome back. This is episode 42. I don't think I said that in the first half, but that's okay. You're all here for the second half because this is the dessert. This is the main course. Oh, this is this all, is all wrapped this is in the sopa pia cheesecake of the episode. Dang it. But I'm going to make a shirt that says like Sopapia cheesecake and it's just going to have like a little emoji. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, and I will sell it. I'll give it away. Okay. If someone will send us a delicious Sopapia cheesecake recipe, I will personally buy you a t-shirt that has a Sopapia cheesecake on it and misfit fantasy football on the back of it and send it to your happy butt for giving me a dang recipe. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we, that's what we offer here. We offer hope. And <laughs> hope and some sometimes applicable fantasy knowledge, right? Exactly. <laughs> hey, which by the way, we both have winning records right now uh, for our matchup. So, I mean, hats off to us. We know if, a, a thing or two. I'm not saying yeah. it's it's great. If we get into betting, that's a whole different another story. But we're definitely not betting in states that you're not supposed to. But in um, states that you are, and you have DFS, you should go for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alrighty, so we're going to start with week five matchups and Jacob during the commercial break brought up a very good point. A big quick note. This is the last week before bye weeks go into effect. <laughs> so that's when the fantasy football, that's when, in my opinion, really, yep. really kicks off because everyone that's just been able to stack the decks no longer able. Well, for the most part, <laughs> I mean, no, but seriously. So like, for instance, in week six, you have Atlanta, New Orleans, the Jets, and the 49ers all going on by. And so Atlanta, that's Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan, Cordell Patterson, Calvin Ridley. New Orleans, that is Alvin Kamara, end of list. The Jets, Crickets, San Francisco, that's their myriad of running backs, Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, to a lesser extent, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. So, I mean. So, Colby's team? Pretty much. It's about to get to the point to where you actually have to start making some tougher decisions when it comes to start sits because bye weeks are rolling around. And let me tell you, I'm not looking forward to week seven. It's going to hurt my soul. <laughs> some of those weeks are just like, um, I, can I, I get a lineup, please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All righty. So let's roll right into it. Starting with the Thursday night game, we have the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks for another NFC West divisional matchup. And uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, debate on this one. Uh, Jacob and I both feel that even though it's in Seattle, the Rams defense is just going to be too much. It's basically the Rams defense against Russell Wilson. You pretty much drafted the Rams defense probably like ahead of where you should have, but whatever. So you're gonna you're just gonna play them unless you can get like New England off the waiver wire. But just make a nod to Daryl Henderson, float him out there. He's gonna be a top twelve running back. I mean, yep. Seattle just been ran all over their defenses. Hot Garbaggio. When it's it like comes, as if to, they got rid of KJ Wright or something. I know, man. It's like they're just suck all of a sudden. But when it comes to Seattle running backs, it's a little bit trickier because Chris Carson did miss practice today with a neck injury. Mm-hmm. So if Alex Collins is out there floating around, you might get a speculative ad just in case i know he probably won't go off because the rams front seven is salty but still an option obviously you start stat you're starting every available player in this game gerald everett's the only question but even him if he comes off of covid why not right no absolutely and the next game we have is the uh, detroit lions taking on the minnesota vikings and uh no debate here. Uh, we both feel that the Minnesota Vikings are going to beat the Detroit Lions and the Detroit misery is going to continue. Oh, yeah, the Rams are going to win against Seattle, by the way. Yes. I, I didn't say that. Yes, we both believe the Rams will beat Seattle. <laughs> In this game, ignore the De- Detroit Lions receivers unless you're just desperate. I mean, I would start probably Quintez Cephas of all of them. Yeah, no, he's been a surprising um, kind of pick to be able to see. Like I was, I remember watching the game this weekend and be like, wow, he's been, he's been playing decent. I mean, he's involved. That's the thing. I mean, other than the game against Baltimore and he's had over five targets in every game. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the best shot to get a non-zero score that you can look for. Um, Whenever something else to kind of watch for this game is Dalvin cook. He didn't practice again today, but They've, he's come out and said, like, oh, I'm going to play, but I'm not going to be at 100%. And as a Dalvin Cook manager, it terrifies the crap out of me because I'm like, dude, just sit for this week. Okay, you're playing the Lions. Let Alexander Madison do his thing. 
you rest up. Let's come back healthy in two weeks. Okay. Right. But that's obviously you're not going to sit Dalvin cook, but you might lower your expectations just a little bit. Just a smidge. Uh, By the way, so we have a, a fanatic Vikings fan at work. And um, today when I was down in the, the factory floor down in, um, he, he has this sweet hard hat that is an exact replica of the Vikings helmet. Oh, that's but it's hot. a hard hat. That's awesome. So you, so, you know, in our factory, like a bunch of us are wearing either blue or white and some pink. He's got this ginormous purple <laughs> with the Vikings horn. He stands out. You're saying, like, hey, where's Jeff at? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Let me stand up real quick. Can you just go school and clap your hands? Basically, you see him like 40 feet over school clap. There's Jeff. He's over there. Well, not only that, the fact that he is, he reminds me of Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Like he's a legit <laughs> Minnesotan, you know, he's six foot five, oh, six, six. And I'm just like, oh, so he stands out anyways. You, oh, he's yeah. sitting down and he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Literally, literally. It's, <laughs> it's, it's marvelous. All righty. So our next matchup, we have the New Orleans Saints and famous Jameis along with a little Taysom Hill taking on the Washington football team. And, uh, Ooh, Ooh, there's a little controversy here. So you're picking the saints and I'm picking yeah, I'm the picking... Washington football team. So you why, know why, why do you think that? Yes. I want to know why Washington's defense has been horrible. They're ranking down with Atlanta Falcons, the jets and Detroit in every facet of defense. I don't think it's going to change this week. I'm not saying it's going to be like a 28 to 14 game. I just think that New Orleans defense is good enough to stop Taylor Heineke as much as I love him. And I have to start him in a couple of leagues. I just think New Orleans defense will be a little too saucy for captain Heineke. But I mean, I mean, think about it though. I mean, Washington has a number one uh, division ranked schedule and they've had to play some pretty tough teams. I mean, they got killed by Buffalo um, they had to play. Had, did they play Tampa Bay? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. They played the Steelers, right? Well, let me, let me look it up. I have um, Taylor Heineke on my roster. <laughs> my, my mind is, is bojangled. So far they've played the Chargers, the Giants, the Bills, and the Falcons. So, you know. The first place schedule two, hasn't two, ramped up yet. Yeah, but still, I mean, two basically playoff teams, a, a uh, spunky Giants team, and then the Falcons. I mean, the Fal- I mean, Cordell Patterson. They're the Falcons, okay? They can't defend. True, but I, I'm just saying they they uh, they make it rough for you. I mean, we said that offense was going to be – well, you did more so than I did, but you were <laughs> like, that offense is – I mean, that's the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I still stand by that, but I also stand by the football team's defense has been really bad, and I think Jameis Winston mm-hmm. and Alvin Kamara mainly is going to be able to exploit that because Chase Young has not been himself for whatever reason, and so I'm taking the Saints, I'm taking the evil wizard Sean Payton to find a way to win the game. Yeah, hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I still think like Ron, Ron Rivera and having the roots in the NFC South um, that's fine you can be wrong with the I, with the football team that's yeah fine. no that that'll be our uh you know di- that'll be one of them yeah but oh my gosh <laughs> but you start you start alvin Kamara. you start antonio gibson i mean you start terry mclaurin 
Curtis Samuel's coming back. I'm on more of a wait and see approach with him. I got to see it. And other than those, probably three guys with Kamara, Gibson, and McLaurin, I'm kind of trying to stay away from this game if you can. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next matchup we have, we have the Miami Dolphins taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And That's a slaughter. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, uh, Jacoby Brissett, he'll probably make it a little interesting in the first half and then Tom Brady, and hopefully Leonard Fournette will take over in the second half and they're just able to run it out. But, I mean, that team dearly misses Rob Gronkowski. So it's going to be interesting to see how the dynamic changes. Cause I'm like, you have six wide receivers basically. And it's mm-hmm. not like Cameron Brait is no scrub. So it'll be interesting to see even some with OJ Howard, seeing how that kind of mixes into this. Yeah. I, th- I think pretty much you're starting every Tampa Bay person you can, except Ronald Jones. Yep. Cameron Brait is a touchdown or bust tight end. Go for it. Uh, from the Dolphins side of life. I think, you know, if you're desperate, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Mike Jusecki aren't horrible. True. I mean, we did see Devontae Parker get nine targets, caught four of them for 77 and a touchdown last week. I mean, this is a new offense with Jacoby Brissett. You don't know what he's going to do. Mike Jusecki, five for 57 and a touchdown last week. So it's a good way Obviously, yeah, I mean, and Jalen Waddle, I mean, he kind of fell back to earth with only three catches. So. We'll just kind of wait and see if you wanted to start one of those three guys as like a flex option, go for it. Not going to fault you, but there are probably better options out there. Like I would rather start, for instance, like Hunter Renfro, Jamison Crowder, Henry Ruggs, just kind of, you know, players. That's kind of the third tier down like Quintez Cephas over those receiving options. Okay, so moving into our next matchup here, we have the Denver Broncos taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and um, sorry about this, C. Bruce, but we're uh, we're both taking. I'm no the longer apologizing. Just you can expect it, okay? Because as of this moment, they haven't shown me enough to make me want to pick Pittsburgh. Like they haven't played the Jets yet. They play the Jets. Sure, I might pick the Steelers if I'm halfway out of my head. Well, <laughs> I mean, that game. Hopefully, Najee Harris will get like 20 targets. That'd be great for me. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a chance because Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, hip injury that showed up after the game the other day might limit him. Like, for instance, hey, Taylor, who has more projected fantasy points, Teddy Bridgewater or Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, Teddy all the way because I have both in different leagues. Yep, Teddy by a solid 0.3 points, but that's the concept of where we're at. Yep, Teddy uh, Teddy Terrific is being awesome. Hopefully he he's closer to his projected and not what he – was like last week which I think was like eight points so yeah but he got injured last week true so i'm staying away from the running game from uh, denver just because even though they are playing like pittsburgh's playing bad their defense isn't necessarily what's at fault here it's that offense just can't keep up because their offensive line's horrible but i'm still trying to stay away from javante williams melvin gordon you start Najee harris um the only receiver i kind of want from this game is deontay johnson he just seems to be Ben, Roth- ben Roethlisberger's guy, so you just keep rolling with him and just kind of go from there. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, so the next matchup we have, we have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a you huge like game, not only for fantasy, it's a divisional matchup and potentially Urban Meyer's short lived but oh, exciting stop. nfl he's career. not gonna get fired in the first freaking year god i don't know 
It's not happening, but you like my game pick? I'm taking the Jaguars in this one. Okay. I'm just saying any other job in America that you go, you know what? I need a break. I just need to get away after the first month. Like you're, you're in for it, Urban. Like that's the reason you get he paid went, millions of dollars. That's the reason you, you were uh, given the golden boy his, known as Trevor Lawrence. This is he ridiculous. Went back to his roots in Columbus, did something he shouldn't have probably. But I With think his that, wife literally across the street taking care of the grocery. Yeah. I, I, I still think Jacksonville wins this game. I just have this is one of those sneaky feelings because Tennessee's defense is that bad. Like they made Zach Wilson look like a pretty competent quarterback. Okay. And so far, that's the only person, that's the only team that's made that happen. So I think if you're like if you're a betting person and the Jacksonville Jaguars are the underdogs, I think you probably take them in this one. Like, for instance, you know, spoiler alert. Trevor Lawrence is my sleeper quarterback of the week just because I feel like that offense is going to finally get on track and get some traction going. Yes, Derrick Henry will still run for 6,000 attempts. And that's what I was fixing to say. I was like, the way that you combat a horrible defense is time of possession and run the ball. And you have that in Derrick Henry, who is averaging like 30 carries a game right now. And the, the Predator, I mean, he's just... He's just getting after it. And Taylor Woolen and, and the rest of that offensive line are like, Ryan, we're sorry, but not really. We don't like throwing the ball. I hate pass blocking. We're just going to run block for Derek because Derek's a lot cooler than you, Ryan, but it's not like you're not a bad guy or anything. Okay. So don't take it personally. We're just going to run the ball because we don't have any more tight ends. So you just got to deal with it. Okay. Okay. I think you can start pretty much anyone except the tight ends in this game. I, unless you want to throw out Anthony Ferkser and Dan Arnold might be a sleeper just because I mean, they lost DJ Shark, but once again, like I'm going to roll with Marvin Jones in a couple of leagues again this week just because of how bad that defense is and my belief mm-hmm. that Marvin Jones is going to be able to be more involved. But I think you can pretty much play your players in this game and it'll be fine because both defenses are garbage. I think it's going to be a higher scoring affair. So enjoy the ride while it lasts. Let me throw you a hypothetical. If you have an option of James Robinson or Marvin Jones in your flex position. And that's all that, you know, who are you picking? If the rest of my team is, seems pretty safe and I need some like higher points, I'm probably on Marvin Jones. But if you're looking for just at minimum, like seven to nine points as a floor, James Robinson is the guy. But like I said, if you're looking for ceiling, Marvin Jones, floor play, James Robinson. Uh, floor pay. Um, the next game we have, we have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. So we have the new reign of Joe Burrow, E-A-U-X, which you know Ed O is missing dearly right now down in LSU. And yes, I'm a bit of an LSU hater. Um, Just because yeah, you're an OU fan and you're sore about it. I am. I was at that game, but I was there <laughs> with my future wife. So it's all good. Watching a guy on my roster go crazy. Yeah, I did. I, I told you that. I was like, I saw this person in person. I know what I'm talking about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and then, of course, we have the uh, the old guard um, with Aaron Rodgers, the last dance, him and Devonta Adams just being like, all right, we're going to go get our 30. So, I mean, that, that, that's basically it. I mean, Randall Cobb had a little bit of a oomph last week, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to continue that consistency this week, but I don't really think so. I think Devontae is going to have no. 30 points again. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's no one on Cincinnati who can slow him down. So, the only thing I'm kind of looking at is you're watching Joe Mixon's practice reports. 
if he comes back and he's ready to play, you start him up and you, you see what happens. If he doesn't, I think he's still have a decent option in Samaj P. Ryan. I think where it gets kind of muddy is the wide receivers because you got T. Higgins probably coming back. You got Jamar Chase, who's a top, I think, 12 wide receiver right now. Yeah. Then Tyler Boyd, who just was targeted like crazy last week. So, I mean, I think once again, you just start them and you see what happens. If T. Higgins plays, yeah, I think I'm going to have more of a flex expectation for him. But I think if he's in the game, you start him because we don't know who's going to get Jair Alexander. And that's going to be a thing. Like, he can cover – any of these guys and they might disappear. So if he shadows one person and you just happen to play that person, sorry for your loss. That hurts me with you because it just sucks. But if he just kind of rotates off guys, well, who knows? Yeah. And I think this will be a, a lot closer game than people think, I agree. Um, but we, we both agree green Bay all the way. Uh, it's just going to be too much for them. Okay. But would it shock me if Cincinnati won? Not really, honestly. No. I think this is going to be one of those come down to the wire kind of games, but Green Bay still going to win because it's Aaron Rodgers. If you give yeah. him 20 seconds left on the clock, you have uh, you gave him about 19 seconds too many. Yeah, no, for sure. All righty, so our next matchup, we have the Philadelphia Idols taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we both have Carolina winning. Um, so Jacob, who do you think we should start for either team? I think you're, you're rolling DJ Moore, Chuba Hubbard, Sam Darnold, uh, just kind of the big names. Uh, J- then Jalen hurts. I think you start him be yeah. fine. Devonta Smith. I think you're fine. You start Dallas Goddard. I mean, do you, there's do you nothing really flyer on J- Jalen Rager this week. Uh, yeah, probably just because they're Carolina is currently down a couple corners. Right. But, I mean, I think, once again, this is going to be a little bit closer of a game. It just is going to depend on can who gets pressure on who. Yeah. Like, if Philadelphia's defensive line gets pressure on Sam Darnold, Philadelphia is going to win this game, and I don't think it's going to be that close. If Carolina's defensive line gets pressure on Jalen Hurts and can kind of contain him a little bit and make him throw the ball, I think Carolina can win. It's not going to be close. But it's just kind of one of those picking your poisons, and I'm currently taking the hotter team with Carolina Panthers. Same. And moving on, so uh, New England versus Houston. We both have New England. Enough said? Yep, enough said. Quick, right. Go back to the Carolina-Philadelphia game. Okay. Christian McCaffrey might be a game-time decision. Ooh. If he plays, do you play him? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. That, that hurts. No, you got to. I mean, even if he did get 15 touches, there's a. I feel like the 15 touches with him would be better than Chuba Hubbard. And that's... Mm-hmm. That's no spin off of Chuba because I think Chuba has the potential to be a really good running back in this league. Yeah. No, I agree. If Christian plays, you start him. You just kind of watch that and be careful because, I mean, if you're Carolina, why would you play him when you're three and one? It's not like you're desperate yeah. for a win. So yeah. I think he sits another week. But anyways, New England's going to beat the crap out of Houston next. All righty. So the next matchup we have, we have the Cleveland Browns traveling to LA to take on the white hot chargers. That's right, baby. I guess you could say they are electrically hot, electrically charged. (laughs) They're electrifying the stadium. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh yeah. Um, I have the chargers winning. I have the chargers winning the game, right? This was a very difficult game for me to pick though, because Cleveland's defense has been playing out of their minds. However, I will point out the past two teams they've played have not had good offensive lines. And the Chargers invested serious kashish in their offensive line, signing Ryan Lindley and then drafting Rayshon Slater uh, with their first with their first pick in the first round. Yeah. So I mean, 
this is where this is a test game for both teams. Yeah. Because both teams, I think you could argue, have Super Bowl potential. Yeah. But it's just going to kind of come down to what happens in this game is a very good test. And I think Justin Herbert's just too good. I think that that offense is going to be able to find the holes. You start everybody. Austin Eckler is going to catch a billion passes. Keenan Allen, even though he had a couple drops, you start him. Mike Williams started. Like this is this is going to be a fun game to watch. And a, a potential divisional round matchup. Oh, yeah. You. Um, this this is going to be a great game. Fun game to watch. Yeah, and the, and the fact that the Chargers, you know, beat a really, you know, really on the rise of Raiders team on Monday night. So, yeah. Pretty no, handily, can, too. Yeah, it was 21 yeah. to nothing at one point, something like that. Yeah, and then they fought their way back. I'm telling you, it's, it's the crowds are back and having – that fan interaction in these ginormous stadiums and especially for SoFi. I mean, especially with them having the Super Bowl this year in LA. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to see. Oh yeah, it is. Who do you have winning? I have Cleveland winning. Get ready to catch that L amigo. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. I, (laughs) I believe in the Browns. All right, so our next matchup, we have the Chicago Bears taking on the Raiders. I think John Gruden is making everybody run till they puke, and he's just going to have that team extremely ticked off and ready to take on the Bears, and, and Max Crosby and Carl Nassib are just going to lick in their chops to get after Justin Fields because even though Matt Nagy officially named him the starter, mm-hmm. I I am very concerned because <laughs> that offense is not built for him. Yeah. There's a quick hook there. I was encouraged by the play calling last week. Seemed like it was a little bit more to what Justin Fields was suited for. Thank you, Bill Lazor. Get Matt Nagy away from the playbook. For real. But uh, I think the biggest intrigue from this game is on the Chicago side of the ball because you have David Montgomery's knee injury. is going to keep him out for the next little bit. Mm-hmm. So Damien Williams, who also had a slight injury himself in his knee, or I think it was a thigh bruise or whatever, he should play, should be fine. So I think if he's ripping and roaring, you start uh, Damian Williams. Just a guy to stash on your roster is probably Khalil Herbert, though, because what if Khalil Herbert's just very successful this game and Damian Williams is not? That means I think the pendulum swings to Khalil Herbert and he gets the ball for the next couple of games. It's a very good point. And speaking of Khalil's, um, Khalil Mack as a defensive player, especially mm-hmm. playing against the Raiders, always seems to be a little amped and juiced when he gets to play them. As he should be. Uh, I, I'm, I'm honestly, this game, if you can stay away from Allen Robinson, I think I would probably do it. I'd start Darnell Mooney over Allen Robinson for this week. Oh my God. That hurts me to say, but I, I would He's do it. He's killing my soul and I'm debating dropping him. It's just. You should trade him to me before we drop him. But okay. well, running backs on the Raiders, we'll talk about it. Running backs on the Raiders, I'm kind of. Staying away because Josh Jacobs has been lucky with touchdown luck. Kenyon Drake was not involved, but I think if you're just once again looking for a non-zero, Hunter Renfro's the guy. And Henry Ruggs, I mean, he even showed up. He's had more than five targets in every single game this year. Like, remember when we said the preseason, like if one of the receivers for the Raiders step up, that offense is going to be a top 10 contending offense. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of seeing that happen. Yes, it's because they don't have a running game, but still, it's happening. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely something to keep an eye out for uh, for this weekend. Okay, so moving into another NFC West matchup, we have the San Francisco 49ers traveling to the 4-0 Arizona Cardinals. 
Um, it's going to be interesting because I believe this is Trey Lance's first start. So it's going to be fun to watch him play. But like you said, it's, it's kind of a smorgasbord in the backfield there for the 49ers taking on, on the, um, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, with that team, AJ green, having a pretty good game the last couple of weeks. So be fun to see Max Williams, spoiler alert. He's my, uh, sleeper tight end of the week. And I think he has potential there. Uh, But yeah, this is a huge game for the 49ers. They got to, they got to get, get a win, but I think Arizona is going to overwhelm them. Yeah. Yep. I just think Kyler Murray's too much. I think this is, like I said, on Tuesday's episode, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think this is his kind of get right game. I think he gets back, gets back in there. I'm calling my shot with a hundred yards and a touchdown with him. Um, Running backs, Chase Edmonds, James Connor. I think you start them both. I'd rather start Edmonds over Connor just because of the consistency in the passing game, but just start them both. It is what it is. And then the next week's game, we have the New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas Cowboys, enough said? Uh, yeah, Cowboys. You start Saquon, you're happy with it. Uh, yeah. We'll have a surprise with one of the Giants receivers later for one of my sleepers. But And I will say one quick thing. If the Cowboys come out and they only have 22 passing attempts or whatever again because they're just able to grind with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, I am downgrading expectations for CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper about 15 steps down. Yeah. No, I, just, I agree on that. Who said that at the beginning of the year that they're not going to throw the ball like 60 times a game? The guy with the glasses right now. That, that's me, everybody. Yep. Yep. When but we decide to start a YouTube channel, we can – Put up the zoom zoom call. That's, that's true <laughs> but but yeah like if that happens again i think red alert for steve lamb amari cooper do you feel like if if you're a deep uh two qb league that you're starting daniel jones this week or are you waiting yeah. if you have a better option dallas defense dallas's defense hasn't really shown me anything i mean outside of trayvon diggs who on that team can consistently make a play that's a good point. Maybe I've, maybe Parsons on a good day. I think if you're Jason Garrett, you just look at Daniel like, if you see seven, throw the other direction. Yeah, exactly. All righty, so the next matchup we have, which is the Sunday night game, we have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs for a rematch of the AFC Championship game. And you and I disagree on this. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are, are back. They got that offense going in the right direction, and – it's always good when you get Tyreek Hill to have three touchdowns. So I think if you're able to get Tyreek and Travis will be back on schedule, because like you said, that's like the fourth time that's happened yeah. in the last couple of years. So I definitely feel the Kansas city chiefs uh, get the W against the Buffalo bills, but it'll be a very interesting game. Yeah. I'm, I'm still on the side of uh, the Buffalo bills. Cause I thought about it, but I think the bills defense has been playing better than I thought they would. And yeah. so I definitely think that they're going to be able to not necessarily contain or like contain or anything, but they're going to be able to kind of slow down people. And I think they're just going to bracket Tyreek. I think they're going to make him play it short and simple. And I mean, it's going to be a great game. It's a toss up. It can go either way. I really believe that, but I just kind of lean Buffalo bills just because I think they got a better defense and plus Pat Mahomes has seemed a little off the past couple games. Yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens. Um, and then our Monday night game, we have the Colts taking on the Baltimore Ravens, and I believe we both have the Ravens winning. 
Yes, we do. Yeah. I just um, think that Lamar Jackson and company is just going to be too much to overcome for the Colts. I just think that Indianapolis isn't going to be able to do anything, honestly, because Carson Wentz, he hasn't really shown us anything to suggest that he can. I mean, last week he had 24 completions for 228 and two touchdowns, but it was also against Miami Dolphins, whose defense is on the field way too much because their offense can't stay on there. Still think you start Jonathan Taylor. I still think you start Michael Pittman. But I'm the thing that from this game I'm most interested in watching is, A, can Lamar Jackson finally hit an open receiver? Probably not, but that's fine. B, is since Tyson Williams was a healthy and active, is this just the Latavius Murray show now, or is this going to be a split? I think if you have to start Latavius Murray, feel okay about it, just because, I mean, he's probably going to be the actual running back that will get the most carries. But this is a very telling week. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I'm curious to see what the running game will look like with some of the injuries going on for the for the Colts. But yeah, it should be a fairly interesting Monday Night Football game. It always seems to be. And now... Oh, there it is, the drum roll. We are moving into our Goldmine Commissioner Game of the Week. Sir, I'll let you take it over. Okay, I can make an appearance. I think last week was a decent call. It was a football team with the Falcons. If you started pretty much anybody in that game, you're happy with it. This game, I'm going to dip my toe back into the Falcons pool, and you're gonna get, people are going to think this is a cop-out, but I think this is mainly about the other side. So I think the Jets and the Falcons is kind of a game where you're going to look at and you're going to kind of think that's kind of gross. But obviously I think Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson, I think you can start them, and I think you can expect something from them. Even Mike Davis, I think he's going to kind of get rolling again because the Jets' defense, they're going to be on an emotional high – I just don't think it's going to last very long. Then whenever you flip the ball over, I think that the Jets are going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. So Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, um, Kevin Coleman, those guys thinking of like Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, Zach Wilson, just like those guys. I think everybody in that game that if you start them, you're going to yield some sort of reward that you'll be okay with. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I think the Falcons get the win. I think the Jets play a competitive game. Robert Sala and company mm-hmm. has that team moving in the right direction. And I think Cordell Patterson continues to streak. I certainly hope so because I'm starting him. So there you <laughs> go. That, that's all I have to say on that. Sell him after the week. Speaking of Cordell Patterson, he is one of my sleepers as yeah. transition into sleepers of week five. Professional transition. You see what we did there? 42 episodes yep. in and we don't suck as bad as we were. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're better than yesterday. We can only move, move Just forward. By that much. All righty. So Jacob, who is your sleeper quarterback of the week? We kind of, we kind of touched on I that. teased it earlier. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. I think that in order for them to be successful in this game, it's going to be through the air. And I think that he has a couple of receivers that can do it with Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. And I think that even Dan Arnold, Dan Arnold will be involved in the passing game since they don't really have a third guy to go to. So for me, um, for my sleeper QB of the week, it's going to be Mac Jones because they're taking on the Houston Texans. He had a great week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think he's finally getting clicking with that offense with Josh McDaniels and company. I think he has a really big game this week. I feel that. I feel that. All righty. So let's move into running backs. Um, Jacob, who is your running back? Hey, speaking of the Patriots having a big game, uh, Damian Harris. Ooh. I know last week hurts. I know it pained your soul. Start him against the Texans. 
they should be up. There's nothing in this game that indicates to me that they should not be winning, trying to melt the clock away. I think that's just Damian Harris territory. All righty. And then my running backs, like I said, I have Cordell Patterson, which I don't really know if he's a sleeper anymore, but he is kind of boom and bust at this point, but he has been playing consistently. And if he continues scoring 30 points a game, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, And then my other sleeper is Zach Moss. Uh, While the Kansas city chiefs um, have a decent defense, Zach Moss has been carving up teams as of late and I think he continues that to an extent against the Kansas City Chiefs and has a good game for himself. Yep, uh, I, I can see it because I picked him to win. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And wide receivers. Ooh, ooh, this is a good one, Jacob. You're welcome. I, Mike Williams, start him, be confident with it. Just because he had one off week doesn't mean a dang thing. Exactly. Yes, Cleveland has two good corners, but at the same time, he is bigger and bulkier than both of them combined. Two is better than one, Jacob. Yeah, whatever. Well, they have to cover Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, Jared Cook, and last week, uh, who did they have to cover? It was just Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. That's and they have a horrible offensive line. But anyways, start Mike Williams. Be happy with five, and then kind of a deeper person. I have Kadarius Tony because if Slayton and Shepard are still out, I think he's going to be just needed in the offense like he was last week. So I think you can start him and just be happy with eight to nine fantasy points. Very, very good insight there, Commissioner. Uh, for my wide receiver sleeper of the week, it's Jamison Crowder. He had 15 points last week. I think he's coming into his own and building rapport with uh, Zach Wilson. And like we said, the Falcons' defense is straight garbage, and it's going to be a great game because of that. And hey, I think can, Jamison Crowder is going to be a big reason for that game being competitive. You can acquire him from me in OG League if you want. I mean, I have him on my roster. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, my tight end sleeper on the week is Tyler Conklin. The boys have been averaging. I think he's up five targets the past couple of weeks. He's showing involvement in the passing game. And so I just think that he's a good touchdown shot this week because they're playing the Lions. And for my tight end, I have Max Williams. He had a really good game this past week. And I think with the way that the 49ers play defense, I think he'll get some more opportunity uh, this week as Kyler, you know, looks his way in, uh, red zone opportunities. Yeah, I feel All that. Right. Uh, for my defense, I have uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I know earlier I was talking about Carolina, but Philadelphia Eagles are not widely owned because last week they you know played a matchup where you didn't want to start them. Right. But so, so this week, I think if you pick up the Eagles, you can expect them to be a top 12 defense because I can see them getting pressure on Sam Darnold. I just think that Sam Darnold's going to be able to kind of do enough early in the game so that way he can carry the Carolina Panthers to victory. Yeah, and I have a kind of a risky defense, but I think they're going to kind of pull it together for this, this game. Is scary. I, I'm this picking is the Tennessee scary. Titans as a sleeper pick Oof. against the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars because while Trevor Lawrence has been keeping the Jaguars somewhat competitive in the games, I think the Titans defense will be able to contain whatever the Jaguars have to an extent. I mean, we'll see what happens, because if I'm right about Trevor Lawrence, then your defense is probably going to be wrong. But yeah. if you're right about your defense, then my quarterback's going to be wrong. Oh, uh, the, the pick, the joys of sleepers. And I, I kind of crapped the bed last week. So it's all right. I, I, I was like, I let's, didn't. <laughs> let's just throw it up. You know, let's let's just throw it up. But yeah, I respect it. All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will bring this podcast to a close. We'd like to say thank you to everyone who has been listening to us. 
Please rate and review and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us, such as Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can uh, send us any delicious sopa, pea, cheesecake, recipes, or fantasy questions. Mainly the first one, though. On Twitter, at Misfit underscore FF, or if it's a secret family recipe, which we'll keep it secret between us, you're amongst friends, send it to our email at b.misfit.ff at gmail.com. We'll answer all of your fantasy football-related questions, you know, work clothes-related. I think tomorrow it's supposed to be kind of hot again, so be sure to wear something breathable, like, I don't know, some sort of athletic wear polo, something Ooh, like that. Okay. But, I mean, there, there you go. And, hey, Taylor, I have, I have a real quick question for you. Okay. Who wins in a fight? Ten baby-sized men versus 10 man-sized babies. Oh, Go. <laughs> Go. 10 man-sized babies because they don't know what's going Ew. on and they're stomping on everything. Thank you. My wife is wrong. She's like, well, aren't the 10, you know, baby-sized men just like, so I'm like, no, they're like, see, I went off of like, you know, nine months old. So they're crawling, they're cruising on furniture. They're also freakishly strong, Okay. All it takes is one grab of the leg of one of the baby-sized men just flings them across the room, and they're out like a light. Plus, I, I babies are tough as crap, man. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just like um, like male thought processes, but I don't think saying I'm I'm right and my wife is wrong is is a great nope. way to start. No, nope, I'm evening. right. It's a great way to start the evening. I'm going to post a Twitter poll on it. <laughs> oh my god! Retweet it to all your friends because we need a definitive answer for this. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention everyone. So there's this new application on the Anchor podcast, uh, specifically for Spotify, where we can post questions. Ooh. So not only could we put it up on Twitter, but we can also post that question on Spotify. That's hot. I'm down for that. All right, there you go. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we say goodbye for now, but we hope to see you again soon and hope you have a great weekend. OU Texas is this weekend. It's true. Fall, fried food, it's October. We have baseball. We have basketball and hockey starting soon. I have a hockey fantasy draft this week, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a great weekend. All right. Now remember, everybody vote for babe or man-sized babies. Okay. No other options. I look forward to it, America. All right. Peace out, America. Deuces.